Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the sports desks of the Topeka Capital Journal, the Salina Journal, the Hutchinson News, and all of Gannett, Kansas, this is the Gannett, Kansas Sports Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome on into the Gannett, Kansas Sports Podcast. I'm your co-host, Billy Watson, the sports reporter at the Hutchinson News. Joining me, as always, Dylan Sherwood of the Salina Journal. Missing out today, Seth Kinker at the Topeka Capital Journal. We're recording this on Sunday. You know, we got to take our days off. So Seth is off today. He'll be back to work as we get into regional action this week. And here to talk about all the regional sports going on beginning this week, Dalton Janicek from Garden City, he's the voice of the Garden City Buffaloes and the Garden City Bronkbusters on 99.9 The Rock, and Isaac Deer, freelance sports writer at the Mercury and topsports.news. Thanks for joining us today, guys, and we got a lot of stuff to get to, obviously, this week. Even starting tomorrow, we got regional soccer. Tuesday is loaded with pretty much everything you could dream of in Kansas, high, uh, high school, regional baseball, regional softball, even more soccer. So let's 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 start breaking down everything, Dylan. You got some pretty good teams in that area right now, Dylan. Um, Southeast Celine will be in the Halstead tournament as the one seed. Uh, what else are you expecting out of this week, and uh, what's the outlook kind of looking for you guys? Well, I got Southeast uh, baseball on my radar as uh, the number one seed in the Halstead regional. They were the number one seed in their regional last year. And lost to Heston by one. They lost two games last year by a combined two runs. They lost a one-run game against Sacred Heart in April of last year. And then they lost to Heston in the uh, regional final. And they they were a really good team. They they lost some key pieces in Bryant Banks, uh, Jackson Gebhardt, and uh, Eli Harris. Uh, all three of them are playing sports collegiately. Uh, but they still had some pieces back from from that team. Uh, Landon Allen, who's their number one guy on the mound. Evan Nick- Nicholson, who really good third baseman for them and also can pitch. Jaden Mathis. Um, and they also have uh, Luke Gebhardt, who has been just had a fantastic junior year, both on the football field and on the uh, on the basketball court. Uh, just a lot of pieces back from last year. Those are just a couple of names, uh, uh, but they're a pretty pretty solid team. They have lost uh, four. They have four losses going in. Uh, I had the opportunity to watch them um, in April early on. Uh, they uh, I watched them play Smoky Valley in that first game. They uh, won two to one on a walk off by Evan Nicholson, and then. They got down six to one in game two against Smoky Valley, and, and then came back and won that game. And then I ended up watching a little bit of their Sacred Heart doubleheader um, a couple weeks later. 
Sager Hart actually handed them their second loss. They have a loss to Abilene, who is going to be a contender in 4A, who probably could be getting to state. Uh, they lost to Chapman in a wild one, 20-13, a football score. Uh, they also have a loss to Ellsworth, who is in, um, oh, I don't, oh, let's see, which one they are. I don't, are they in that? No, they're in the Russell they're in the Russell Regional, so they're they're a good solid team. I know Southeast has one more loss. I can't remember who it was too, but um, you know Mike Garrettson has a good good squad, and and I know they're looking for a little revenge uh, after not making the state tournament, losing to Heston uh, in the regional final. Uh, El Saline softball, they're twenty and zero. They were a State tournament team last year in 2-1A. Uh, they are the number one seed in the Belleville Republic County Regional. And they will take on uh, Edmund the start. And then uh, just go from there. And I'm hoping for a all Saline County Regional Final on Tuesday in 2-1A. Which I think Saker Hart, it could be a rematch of, of a 2-1A Substate here that was held here in Salina. It was hosted by El Saline, but that was a good regional, and and El Saline ended up making the state tournament for the first time in a while. They're led by Raleigh Kramer, a Southwestern college commit, uh, uh, pretty much an ace in the circle. Uh, plays shortstop, has a good bat. Uh, they they got some freshmen. Uh, that are really good right now. Um, uh, Valerie Van Sant is another is a freshman that they can go to uh, on in the circle. Uh, they just got a key senior leadership behind the Kramer girl with um, Sadie Bradley, who's a senior, um, and Marcina McNabb. Uh, they they got a lot of pieces back from that team last year that made it to the state tournament to one A and. They're looking for more. I did a story on Raleigh uh, last week, uh, and uh, she wants to bring put a banner up at Elsaline High School in in softball because they had a good they had a good volleyball season. They had a good basketball season, even though they lost in the first round in, in uh, Substate in two in two A. Uh, they uh, uh, doubled their wins from last season. Uh, those are the two things, baseball and softball-wise, that I'm keeping my eye, eye on. And then uh, Sacred Heart, the boys' golf team. This is a young team that is has a lot of sophomores, and they are going to be a favorite to win a Class 2A. Uh, they went out to Garden City uh, last weekend and played in the Garden City tournament. Garden City has some good golfers. I know Dalton can probably agree with me there uh, but Sacred Heart in their home meet in April they beat Garden City by one stroke uh, out here at the at Salina Municipal Golf Course but uh, uh, yep yeah, and then uh, got a play-in game tomorrow with Salina Central and Arc City basically the basement of 5A in, uh, in 5A West uh, with Salina Central uh, getting the host to play in game after beating Arc City in the final regular season game. And then and Central and South 
uh, Central Softball didn't make it because they were in the 17-18 spot uh, in 5A West, and they didn't advance on to the uh, Class 5A postseason. Salina South Softball team is 10-10. If you haven't heard of the name, RSLE Rivas, she's got almost 150 Ks, and that team is only 10-10. But credit to that, they play in a really good league in the Arc Valley Chisholm Trail League Division One. Um, but um, South 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 baseball could uh, maybe be the scariest team in 5A West on the baseball diamond. They have May South to draw. They beat May South. They 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 split with them on April 19th up here in Salina. You had the two hitter by Zach Davidson, and then May South just rocked them in the second game. Uh, uh, Salina South could be a a team nobody wants to play in a 5A postseason. Uh, they get May South, uh, and then I think it's Valley Center and Andover Central on the other side of that bracket in uh, 5A West. And uh, South just beat Valley Center in a resumption game uh, last Thursday, 13-6. to And Salina Central, they are the 15th seed. They get Bishop Carroll, and they have not looked good uh, at all this season. But I'm not gonna not gonna blame anything. They they're a solid team. Uh, they had some new guys. Uh, had to replace some guys. But um, yeah, we'll just see how the cards play. Sacred Heart and Elseline host uh, with a baseball regional here in Salina as well. Um, I think Sacred Heart could. Uh, could possibly be a team that could go up for a regional title. Um, but it should be a fun week, regional track. Uh, Southeast of Saline has a is a favorite to win theirs. Uh, on the boys' side, Dylan Sprecher, Chase Pogue, just a couple of names that were state champions in multiple events last year in 3A. They were the team champions on the boys' side. Uh, Sacred Heart and El Saline will go to Smith Center for a regional, and then in 5A, Salina South and Salina Central will go to Emporia for a regional on Friday. Looking forward to that. Get to go home and uh, just watch some athletes that I covered back here and get to see some athletes I covered before I came here in Salina uh, when I was working in Emporia. But, yep, we're going to be a fun week. Uh, Mother Nature just needs to hold things off because I know one thing uh, we've all kind of talked off off the air about how Tuesday is just a mess with all the scheduling and there's thunderstorms. And then if Mother Nature plays its cards right, we're going to see some postponements. And that is something we don't want to see in uh, in this second to last week of the high school athletic season. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'm going to bring you in here, Dalton. Uh, Garden City Softball, a four seed in the 6A uh, postseason regional. They're in the fourth regional. They'll take on Junction City. Um, Ahead on on top of that, on third regional, Manhattan will play Hutch in the Derby regional, which will bring in Isaac. And I want to take a second and thank you guys for joining us today. And get in and talk some sports just so it feels like we have more of the the state covered uh but let's begin with you dalton uh i think you've you've talked a lot about garden city excuse me garden city softball during twitter space conversations uh what are they looking like right now heading into that 
uh, Wednesday, I think that's Wednesday, 518, yeah, five, Wednesday uh, regional semifinal against Junction. All I got to say, look out. This team is resentless. Um, look, guys, they, uh, they've, we're on a stride. They're on a huge winning streak. Um, they swept the Western Athletic Conference. First time any team has ever done that in the WAC um, in their program history as well, being in, as a program for 28 years. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, they had a couple bumps with some really good, and I mean really good, talented 5A teams um, going into that Emporia tournament about two weekends ago. But, um, you know, they came back. They had a final road game against Goodland, and they ran, they run-ruled Goodland 19-1 um, to in the first game and 19-zip in the second game and uh, on the road. So, um and, you know, a, a crazy thing, I, you know, I talked a little bit about Bremen Warren as, you know, probably one of the best softball players we'll see out of the western part of this region um, in quite some time. But, uh, you know, it's just not her. This whole group kind of rallies around just those big moments, those big, uh, you know, that kind of big energy. Um, a little bit of Browder this season and 116.2 innings pitched. Um, she has just dominated 14 and three on the year wins and losses. Um, she's only allowed 30 runs earned and uh, she has struck out 198 batters. Um, it's her ERA rating 1.80 batting average against her is a 0.177. Um, I mean, the best way to just describe it is, I mean, she just can make girls look embarrassed and, you know, one of the kind of, uh, I don't know, just kind of reinsuring things we're seeing is, you know, softball, you know, you kind of get the uh, one pitcher can do all. But baseball, we see the complication on, you know, coaches have to go through so many players and, you know, kind of strategically, you know, lining things up for the playoffs and how they want to do their pitchers. But, uh, you know, a big kind of eye opener for us is, um, you know, Kylie Weiher. She's just a freshman and uh, she's come in and for 11 innings pitched this season. Um, she's only struck out 10 batters, but you know, she's getting that ERA to drop. She's at a 6.7, but, um, you know, still she is learning quickly. And I think that's the most um, confident thing we can see as a team. So, um, you know, I think last year going into the state tournament, we had a little bit of issues. Um, you know, the team was very, um, very well um, aged. They had been together for a long time. They had a lot of seniors on that group last year. But, um, you know, I think just with, the timing of everything with our pitcher was just not right. She was just a sophomore and it was her first year in the circle um, due to COVID of the previous year. So um, this year, I feel like we've got a really good chance to make a bang. Um, if we can get there, we've got tough games. Junction city is going to be a tough one. We actually had to play junction city um, in the opening round here in garden last year for the regional game. And then uh, Wichita Northwest. I mean, that's another team um, that was really interesting going in on Thursday Basically, that situation was Goodland. Uh, we had to beat Goodland in both games, and Wichita Northwest had to end up losing both their games to Goddard and Goddard Eisenhower. And um, first game, you're sitting there thinking, uh, okay, Wichita Northwest was going to win that one, and Goddard Eisenhower stormed back. Um, and you know, amazing program. You know, kind of dipping over in your area, Billy, but uh, amazing two programs of Goddard. They have been talented uh, for so long, softball wise. But uh, um, you know, kind of things fell in our favor, and we kind of flip-flop that four or five seed for the hosting spot on Thursday night and um, you know it's kind of crazy how things realign you know we got Wichita Northwest uh, in our bracket again Junction City again it's kind of the same path we're looking at so um, home field advantage that's always huge so uh, 
softball, I mean, I uh, can't get enough of it. So um, baseball-wise, uh, talk a little bit about that real quick. Um, our boys have a tougher kind of matchup. They're 10-10 and 10 on the year, and uh, they got to travel on Tuesday, I believe, and uh, I think they're going to be up in the uh, Topeka-Washburn Regional, um, and they'll be playing the number seven seed, Wichita-Hayesville campus. They're 12-8, and eight, solid team. It's going to be tough. They're the opening game for that regional on Tuesday at 2 o'clock. So uh, Garden City's the 10th seed, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, our guys, we've got a talented pitcher, um, Isaiah Salinas. The kid is just stellar, um, you know, but like I mentioned, it's so hard to, um, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, baseball and softball are a little bit different because baseball, you know, they got to take care of their arms a little bit more. So, uh, you know, he can't pitch all season long. But I'd say Isaiah Salinas, Caleb Metzen, I'd say are two strongest guys that are going to probably make an impact in that game, hopefully. Um, you know, batting, our guys have been kind of, you know, 50-50 on that. So far this year, our batting average as a team is just a 282. So, I mean, you like to see that get up to a 300, I think. But, um, you know, our guys are talented. They have that, you know, go-get-it attitude. So, um, you know, backs against the wall. Those kids are resentless. And, um, you know, we kind of seen that against Hayes TMP the other night when they split with them. Um, so I think our boys have an okay chance um, in that regional. But, I don't know. Realistically, when they got to, if they ever go up against the number one Topeka Washburn, who's nineteen and one, um, or excuse me, not that one. I'm sorry, uh, looking at the wrong bracket there. But if they ever go against Topeka Washburn, who's the two seed in that tournament, in that bracket, um, you know, that would be a eye opener and see if our guys could really push through that. So, um, softball, baseball, that's all I've got really for Garden City, um, Billy. I don't know. If you got anything else you want to talk about over here in the western part? Yeah, I was going to flip topics right back and bring in Isaac because uh, we actually have uh, an area school each that will be facing each other in the in the region semifinal Thursday at 3 o'clock, which will be in Manhattan versus Hutchinson. Uh, Hutchinson uh, softball has been up and down this year, but, you know, it's, it's probably been, been one of the better years of Hutchinson softball. I asked uh, somebody the other day, how good has such softball been or have they been good in, in ever since they, they started the program? And the answer I got was, well, they probably, I don't think they've been that good ever. So this year they've actually won more league games than probably in a, in a while. I would say I got to still double check that with some, with an administrator to see what the accuracy is on that. But they they have won a, a more league games this year. They're in that regional in the Derby Regional, set to take on Manhattan on Thursday at three o'clock in Derby against Manhattan, the six seed Hudson, the eleven. So, and I think I know me and Isaac texted each other about this when we found this out. But uh, Isaac, what if have you seen this Manhattan team? And uh, what can you uh, uh, just mention about them heading into that one Thursday? Yeah, yeah, no, I've I've seen this Manhattan team compete quite a bit, and they they are, I mean, sitting at a fourteen and six record with the number six seed is definitely not not bad at all. Um, really good starting pitching uh, from Connie Miller's crew, uh, the ace uh, Kiara Goose. She's fantastic. Uh, she's got a pretty good pitch mix, and I mean, she sits down batters pretty frequently and often. Uh, Kira Goose has kind of been the workhorse for them this year. 
and then they're kind of their their go to and usually game two of you know they play double headers a couple nights a week uh, is Jaden McGee. And Jaden McGee is a very tall, imposing pitcher. She's very intimidating, and she also kind of, uh, you know, she does her job very, very well. She sits down as many batters as as she would like, and she can kind of do uh, what she wants. But in terms of um, the Manhattan team in general, uh, they're pretty well-rounded. I mean, they've lost to the teams that they were not favored in. Uh, Good Topeka High team, who's number two in that bracket and then Washburn rural who's number one in that bracket. But, um, I mean, in terms of a full team effort, that's exactly what it is. Um, on offense, you, you have just a ton of different, ton of different bats that can do a lot of damage anytime they want to, uh, Paige Dupler is a, a name that comes to mind. Caitlin Gregor, um, Reagan Netzel. There's just Takara Coulterman. There's a lot of different names. Um, but it's, it's pretty pretty much predictable uh, once you once you see them play. It's you know you're gonna get very good uh, at you're gonna get good at bats almost every time, um, and then the pitching's always been there. You know they struggled a little bit uh, last week against a good Topeka West team in, in the first game, but um, they're not they're not bad at all. I you know and, and Billy you and I we were talking about this a little bit. I think that. Um, it could go pretty evenly just depending on what kind of night one of these teams is having. If Manhattan's off, then Hutchison can have their way. But if Hutchison's a little bit off, usually that's when Manhattan capitalizes the most on people is when one or two errors, uh, you know, go the other team's way. That's usually when Manhattan does their best work. So that, that matchup should be pretty interesting. And I, I'm not sure. I know you mentioned a little earlier, this is one of Hutchison's best years. So, Billy, I've got to ask you, do you think uh, that they can kind of ride this momentum um, if, if they can somehow beat my Manhattan on uh, on Tuesday? You know what? I, I, I honestly think this is one of the more interesting uh, semifinal matchups. You know, 6-11's kind of the – you would think the sixth seed would have it easy, you know, having the season they did. Um, but I honestly think it's, it's probably the, the matchup of the first round. Because uh, you you go down and you look at the five twelve, that's not, that's probably not as near as good on paper. But I mean, even records wise, like I just mentioned, Hutch most wins, most league wins in one year, in, as far as recent history is told, against a solid Manhattan team. Like you just said, if they're off, they can be off. Um, Hutchinson's been able been showing the ability that they can be a good team. They've they've hung a little bit with some of the top teams in their. Uh, in the ABCTL Division One, which is a brutal league with Newton and Derby, they beat Mays in one game, and then they, they almost came back to win in the second game, and that was actually one of the games to close out the season too, if I remember correctly. So they can, they if they're they're on point, if their attitude is there, if they can hit the ball, which I think is a big thing for them. It's so simple, but if they don't hit the ball, they won't win. And then it just it's just like a team thing where. If, team morale goes down then that might be an issue but if hutch can hit the ball and then get it done on the get it done uh in the head and especially defensively they're pretty good defensively but i think hitting the ball for them will be pretty vital and if they get that going and you know we could we could see a an abctl abctl uh, rematch in that uh regional championship so that should be that's that's an interesting uh first round game for me in my opinion 
yeah, me too. I, I have a, a ton of good, uh, I mean, just great softball and baseball in my area. There's several one seeds in the area. Um, but since we're, we're talking about softball a little bit, I've got to mention our number one and number two seed in the 6A uh, West region, and that's Washburn Rural and Topeka High. And Washburn Rural has that one seed. It's sitting at 19 and one. Mm-hmm. And they were the one earlier this year to um, stop Topeka High's 31-game win streak. Washburn Rural swept Topeka High in a doubleheader. It shocked everybody. Um, it was towards yeah. the beginning of the year. So it was uh, an eye-opener. And I think from that point on, everybody took Washburn Rural very seriously. Um, they have a, have a pitcher slash amazing hitter. I call her Shihei Otani, and that would be Emerson Cope. She uh, she will punch out probably 12 to 14 batters a game, but she can also hit two home runs with five RBIs, you know, at the plate at the same time. So Emerson Cope is is one of the, the players could be potentially a player of the year. She's a junior. And then they just have I mean, they're just loaded with bats. They have a girl named Michaela Herring who can swing the stick. Uh, KU commit Campbell Bagshaw. There's there's just kind of loaded throughout that lineup and. Um, Washburn Roll is is my pick personally uh, to win Class 6A softball, but um, can't can't show any slight or disrespect towards Topeka High, who is the number two seed, and they'll uh, they'll take on Wichita East on I think Tuesday. I think Tuesday is correct at Hummer Sports Park, and Topeka High is you know is as advertised. Everybody knew about what Topeka High could do at the beginning of the year with. Um, Stanford commit Nyjah Kennedy, who at one point this year in a, in a single doubleheader, she pitched both games. I think she struck out 28 batters in one game or in one doubleheader. So uh, that was kind of my warm welcome to Nyjah Kennedy. That was um, that was kind of a wow moment for me. It was just like this person is is different. She's legit. So Nyjah Kennedy's healthy and her arm is ready to go. Uh, Topeka High will be set on in the circle, but they also have uh, really good at bat. They got good bats too. They got Quincy Smith, uh, Addison Carroll, whose sister Zo- Zoe Carroll. She played here last year. She plays at Illinois now. And then Nyjah could also swing it. No surprise there. But um, they will be they will be fantastic. And then um, just around the area in general, uh, Wamigo is a number one seed in Class Four A. And they are coming off of a state championship um, back in 21. Um, they just lost their first game of the year to Class 3A, number one seed, Rossville. Um, but I'll have a story coming out tomorrow about kind of Wamigo's run this year and how good they are. But they have two pitchers uh, named Maya Gallagher and Peyton Hardenberger. And Hardenberger is a freshman. She's 9-0. She's fanned 136 batters, and she has a 0.00 ERA. And Gallagher on the other side is is amazing as well. And um, Wamigo's just completely well-rounded, and it's it's going to be hard for anybody to beat them in terms of Class 4A. But um, and then Rossville as the number one seed, um, kind of no surprise there. Uh, they lead the state home runs. Uh, Kinsey P. Ryan's great. Vanessa Keenwans, um, she, she could pitch and she can hit like with with the best of them, honestly. Um, 
throw in class six today, she'd fit in just fine. But uh, Rossville's loaded. Um, they they got everything going for them in terms of of bats. I mean, the field the the field at Rossville is not terribly huge, but you know they can they can still swing it just fine and and whatever helps you win games. But um, then Silver Lake's in that bracket too, and Silver Lake kind of the same thing uh, coming into this year. We kind of knew that Silver Lake and Rossville were going to be, you know, top five teams in the state. And that that's, that's been true. Uh, Rossville, their one loss of the year is to Wamigo and Wamigo's one loss is to Rossville. And I think Silver Lake's lone losses on the year are to, uh, are to Rossville. So that area alone is, is generating some really good, um, entertaining softball and i'm kind of excited to see what the city and the county teams do here it should be should be a really fun road yeah i think anytime you mention washburn rural in any sport i think that's always a a pretty safe or good pick for any sport to win a state championship obviously um so that that we'll kind of wrap up that segment and we'll, we'll take a quick break here on the podcast and coming up next we'll give you a little bit more into soccer talk a little bit more about baseball and softball as well as the other sports as we continue on here at the United Kansas Podcast. And welcome back to the Gannett Kansas Sports Podcast. Billy Watson, Dylan Sherwood, Dalton Janicek, and Isaac Deer talking about regional sports coming on this week. And still, we'll stick to baseball here before we switch over to, to some soccer, uh, baseball, and softball. As a matter of fact, Dylan has Southeast of Saline taking the one seed in the Halstead Regional. Southeast of Saline softball also a top seed in their regional. Dylan, What's uh what's what's in the water over there at Southeast? I don't know, just young talent, young and uh, talented coaches, and you know they they uh, they just they just uh, when they graduate, people it's next man up basically. It's like when uh, football with uh, Jackson Gebhardt graduating and now playing at Dodge City, Dodge City Community College. His brother Luke stepped up, and you know I was kind of questioning. I'm like, I heard he's better, and then he, and then out, I was, and then the truth came out that he he was a good quarterback, and he showed that uh, leading south the southeast football team to the sub-state final where they lost to Andell and Andell's closest game of the year in 3A, but uh, they get they're in 2A. The next two years and probably are a favorite to win in 2A uh, in football. But aside that, uh, they're just a good, you know, they all play the same sport. So, and you know, it's a community and, you know, they're like a family and everything. Their softball team is very young, uh, a couple of seniors and about a sophomore class that's, the core of their group with Riel Patacek and Lexi Jacobson, Maddie Harris. Uh, they got a good pitcher, uh, Carly Comerford, who's a, who's a junior. Chase Gilpin, a good third baseman, also a junior. Uh, they're they're just a solid team all around. 
They are the two seed in the Council Grove Regional, and Council Grove is good. They got El Dragon, a senior who is a Harding University signee, a Division II in Arkansas. And uh, that's that's a loaded regional that starts uh, Monday and Tuesday. And I'm going to try to pull it up. But it wouldn't surprise me if El Celine could, or not El Celine, Southeast of Celine uh, could could go on a run. They, again, have had a tough schedule as well as they are the number two seed. And I'm, I'm trying to think who they lost to. I know they got swept or split with Chapman. I know that was one. Where is that Council Grove Regional? But uh, they're, they're, they're good. They're young. And I'm excited for, for the future because if they're still going to have all of these girls and, you know, with, with Southeast Baseball still having some guys that are juniors this year with the Gebhardt twins and Landon Allen, they graduate Evan Nicholson. Uh, they're going to be good. They're going to be good for years to come. And let's see, they are the number two seed. And there it is, finally. I had to pull up my other laptop. So they're they're 15 and 5. They take on Riley County in the second game of the of the day on Monday. And Council Grove is 18 and 2. And they take on Heston on the top side of that bracket is is Hill is Hillsboro and then Smoky Valley and uh Southeast swept Smoky Valley earlier on in the year and then on the bottom side of that bracket is Halstead and Minneapolis and Southeast end up sweeping uh Minneapolis as well. Uh but I like that regional and I know Council Grove they play in a tough league uh with the Flint Hills League and I'm not really sure who their two losses are Two, but I might kind of compare that right now if you look at things. So Council Grove, 18 and 2. Their losses came to Mission Valley. That's a league loss, and they lost to Chapman. So there's a common loss for Southeast and Council Grove, the top two seeds in the softball regional. And then, like I mentioned, Southeast, they uh they actually Started the season eight and zero or nine and zero. They played Chapman and won the first game against Chapman, and then they lost the second game. And then they lost a doubleheader to Clay Center, and then they lost to Beloit. And they enter the regional winners of six straight, beating Minneapolis, Ellsworth, and Russell. Uh, so um, yeah, that's going to be a good regional. And Billy, uh, let's kind of talk about this Halstead regional Havens. Really good, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and Southeast, uh, you know, Nickerson is also in there, but I think both you and I are expecting a a, a Holstead or uh, not a Holstead Haven Southeast Regional Championship game on Tuesday in, in Holstead. Yeah, and you know, I, I expected this right from the I think the middle of the season. I was like, you know what, the the these two are having great seasons that I think they'll likely end up in the same regional. And then they came out with the regionals and then towards the end of the year, the records were so identical Southeast even being ranked. Uh, and they are, they are ranked right now. Haven's not. Um, 
a loss to Smoky Valley might have prevented that. But, you know, two good teams, both 16 and four, both good pitching, both teams that could hit the ball really well, both teams that have scored a lot of runs this year. So, this is the they are on they are on a collision course to play in that regional championship though I do think Southeast has the tougher draw because they'll have to go through the winner of Halstead and Heston who Heston has had a really good year it just doesn't show on their record Halstead too two really tough teams from the CKL they both gave Haven hard times Haven was able to come away with a sweep over Heston but it took a walk off to do that. Um, Southeast has just put together a great season as well. Haven split with the top team in the CKL with with Pratt, who's in 4A, which I think is really dumb that they play a 3A schedule and have to play in a 4A postseason as a top seed, which I don't know how that will fare out for them, but good luck to them. But And then you got Smoky Valley and Nickerson in the playing game. Both teams that combined for six wins and – 32 losses. Yes. So that, that, that'll that be fun uh, for, I guess, well, it won't be fun when one of them ends up playing Southeast Celine. So, but anyway, I won't talk too much about that. But, you know, I, I that'll also be a little bit of a competition between me and you <laughs> to see who gets a, who gets a winner going to state. So that's, that should be pretty, that'll be, I think, one of the most interesting uh, baseball regionals in this area. And they're actually splitting the day one uh, with the with the top half of the bracket playing in Halstead, and then Haven hosting uh, two games. Uh, Haven playing the first game against Council Grove, and then Hillsboro and Minneapolis. So that's a good move on on uh, Halstead's part to. Uh, not host four uh, regional games in one day because I know El Salina is doing this uh, with their baseball regional that's going to be played here in Salina. They're playing all four first round games on the same field. And, and I guess I can bring this up to everybody. I can maybe kind of ask uh, why in these lower classifications, I know in three, a, there are some regionals that are doing first round games at home sites and then you go to the semifinals and final at the host site. Now, there's a conflict about this with the Republic County softball regional. All all eight teams, all four games on Monday are going to be played at Repco. Why not? At where? Oh, in, Repco. Okay. In, in Repco like... in Belleville. Yeah, yeah. Here's 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 why. Here's why. And even the even El Celine parents were talking to me about this last week when I was at their doubleheader at Bennington. I was wondering why are you gonna make Inman travel all the way to Belleville? up near the Nebraska border to play a game where they're probably going to lose in three innings. Yeah. Why not play those first-round games at the higher seed, limit travel, or a neutral site? Or, yeah, yes, and that's... I know Kansas doesn't do that, but... That's true. 
I'm just saying because you got Little River traveling away almost as far as Inman, going up to play a first-round game, going back home, and if they win, play again because Canton Galva's doing it. Canton Galva's also in that regional too. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. Should these lower classifications and some of the some of these regionals in both baseball and softball have done it good. But is it better to have quarterfinal games at higher seeds like they do in basketball and then the winners go to the primary primary site for the semifinals yeah. and the final. Yeah, I also well didn't last year during COVID they had the state quarterfinals at the home site and then this yes, year they went back that to was in, Yes, uh, that was in uh, basketball only. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, it's I do I honestly do like how like you just said South uh, Holstead is having the the two uh, the two hot, uh, the hot I can't even talk right now. Halstead is having the top half of the bracket at one place, and then Haven is having the bottom half. I like that. You know, the the, the Kingman Regional is doing the same thing. And I think, if I'm sure, and if I'm right, Kingman and Cheney do have nice complexes. Cheney and, and Kingman are, are hosting each of the the top half and the bottom half to, of themselves um, for the Kingman Regional. And Kingman will obviously play in Kingman. Cheney will obviously play in Cheney. Um, which, by the way, another – we're just back to the same basketball conversation about sub-states being too powerful. Because in that regional alone, you had two, you have two state qualifiers from last year in Cheney and Haven. And then Kingman, who was really good too last year. So, again, I don't know why we're still doing regionals based on geography. I like tra- traveling, in my opinion. I don't know how schools like traveling, but – we we need a seed. This just adds to the list of you know all the stuff that should be changed and everything. And I've only been here for a year, so I know things are the way that they are. But it's just there's some things that need to be changed. Because I notice uh, Holcomb is hosting a three uh, A uh, baseball regional and that's going to be played at Garden City Community College, and they're playing all first round games at Garden City on Monday. Starting at one o'clock. Oh, it's gonna be hot. How long do you think people are gonna be there for that one? Especially with umpires, if they're doing all four games, they're well, they won't be... do all four games. They'll probably do two and two. But yeah, that's true. The problem is, is that umpires aren't full time. You know, they have jobs yeah. during the day. So mm-hmm. that that there's again more problems. More more things. I think you got to do regionals one game at a time on one day, uh, one day at a time. I don't know, one game, one day sort of deal. But again, uh, kids are already graduated from high school. I think the whole county here in Reno County already graduated this entire weekend. So, yep. um, I guess County Sling County had all their graduations this weekend as well. Yeah, isn't it weird? We're only mid May, dude. Is it this nor? Is it this normal for teams to graduate for for schools to do graduations already, or am I just freaking yeah. out? Yeah, I think they, so. They've done it. They've done it this time uh, before, and I can 
say the same thing when I was in high school. It was yeah, it was mid May. It was mid May when I uh, graduated from high school in Emporia, and that was uh, quite some time ago. Yeah, I graduated in like the first two days, first couple of days of June, and our school all the way all the way through. The, we went from the last week of August to the first week or the last week of May. So I don't know. That, that's just how we do it. I mean, there's always stuff we can do. I can compare to, um, but again, that's another, there's so many things that I, we have questions for and, um, I don't know. I, I, I do appreciate though, the splitting the regionals up at one side and then, you know, finish it off at the, then the, the main site the next day. And so that's pretty good. Um, Isaac, I know you had some more insight and more thoughts to share as well with baseball. Sure. Yeah. Um, Yes, we could start out with the number one seed in the Manhattan Regional. It's obviously Manhattan's the number one seed. They're sitting at 17-3 and three so far, and they get uh, to host number 16 seed, Wichita Southeast, uh, with, with a record of 2-16 and 16 in the first round. And it's a rare Wednesday game. It's not on a Tuesday this week. It's on a Wednesday. But <clears throat> the basically, Manhattan's really been able to take care of business against high level competition all year. And that's kind of what has made them so successful. You know, they, uh, they split a series with uh, number one seed in five, a seaman. They no hit class six, a number two seed Washburn rule. And uh, they beat Hayes not too long ago. And, and all year long, they've beat teams that they're really supposed to believe are supposed to be. Um, but in my mind, I, I really believe that, they have one of the top 10 pitchers in the whole state. Uh, and that's Cali community college commit Cade Perkins. And, and, uh, he's been a strikeout machine all year long. He's got a super quick windup feeds off of weak contact. And he really plays his best when the opposition hits it weak. Um, he's really good at exploiting weaknesses kind of as well as anybody in the Centennial league and, uh, as far as I've seen in the state, state alone, but, and then they also have a pretty good offense in Manhattan. Uh, it's led by Emporia state commit Brayden Dinkle who is terrific as well. Um, but if the defense struggles, which I mean, it doesn't happen very often, but anybody one through nine in the lineup can kind of make an impact and they're a dangerous team that I, I believe deserves the number one seed. Um, and then you go down to the number two seed and Topeka Washburn rule who sits at 15 and five against Wichita North. Um, who's the 15 seed, uh, six and 14, but, uh, Washburn rule, you know, out of their five losses this year, three of them were out of league games. Um, you know, they lost one to Hayes. They lost one to a team in Missouri and Liberty, Missouri, and then, uh, mill Valley and all those games were in the middle of March. So I think the success that, they've had this season is all kind of in a rhythmic motion in a way. Like when they get hot, they are nearly unstoppable. Um, I mean, they have a great offense led by a uh, bruising multi-sports star, Ty Weber, who just got a offer from K state the other day in football. But, um, and then they also got a terrific rotation led by uh, the ace Zach Sharshall. Uh, he's a contact pitcher, but he can sit you down when he wants, but, I look at this game and I mean, no disrespect whatsoever, 15 and five versus a 16 and four 
in the way Washburn Rural really plays, I see them winning comfortably to face either Garden City or Campus. But um, and they're they're playing at Bettis Family Sports Complex in Tecumseh, which is right down the road from Topeka, at Jerry Robertson Field, and it's got a brick wall right field, and I could definitely see Washburn Rural knocking a few baseballs over the brick wall and right, but. Um, kind of moving on. I know I'm going to be missing some teams because there's probably uh, ten plus teams or so that are in in brackets. But uh, like I said, I don't mean any disrespect whatsoever. But um, I kind of be rambling on. But if we go to five A on the west side, uh, number one seed Seaman, and uh, they're going to take on Emporia in the first round. So a Centennial League matchup in the first round at Seaman High School on Tuesday. And I'm going to go on record and say this. I think Seaman is going to be my pick to kind of win the whole dang thing. It's hard to believe that anyone will really beat this team this month. I mean, they're sitting at an 18-2 record. Um, They have everything going for them. It's the best pitching staff. They have explosive bats. And, you know, they've been there before. They're a very successful team. And the history is all success. They've been they've they've been in this position many times, and I don't think they're going to fear anybody. But um, you know, they have great pitchers. They have Bryce Bryce Vodder, McLean Finley, and Mason McConaughey, who've thrown some no hitters this year, and they've really just torn apart some teams. And you know, like I said, at an eighteen two record, they lost one game to Manhattan. At the very first game of the year, they lost one zip. I can't remember who they lost to on um, the top of my head, but Trent Oliva squad is is great. Um, the fact that their first-round draw is a team in the Centennial League in Emporia, I think that's great for Seaman. They just faced them three weeks ago. Um, the Centennial League champs are, are pretty well-equipped for a title run, and I think more eyes will definitely be on them than most of the teams in the state. Um and me going on record saying they're going to win a state title probably doesn't help very much. And I might've just jinxed them, but <laughs> it's fine. But, and then kind of one more five, a team that's, that's in the city is Shawnee Heights. Um, they are the number seven seed in the East side and they're going against uh, number 10 spring Hill. And it's kind of fun to bring this up, but Shawnee Heights and spring Hill played in the very first game um, this year for each other out-of-league game, but they played at Shawnee Heights uh, game number one. And kind of unlike that game, there's a lot more pressure this time around. And when the the T-Birds and the Broncos met the first time, I mean, Spring Hill won the game, um, but it was wildly entertaining. Uh, Spring Hill had, a, I think, a seven-run inning, and Shawnee Heights got the game within three runs and had the bases loaded, but Spring Hill just held on. But So while I guess while both of the teams – have grown quite a bit since their last meeting. I think since they're so evenly matched, it's still going to be a really competitive, fun game. And I think the game can go, you know, both ways. I think Spring Hill has as much of a chance of winning that one than as Shawnee Heights does. But um, while Shawnee Heights does have the higher seed, seeding doesn't really guarantee victories, especially this time of year. But I think if you go to that game at Monday afternoon at Legends Field, I think they'll definitely be... Uh, be worth the price of admission. Um, and I guess a couple county teams that are in uh, Rossville has the number one seed in class three a um, they will be hosting Wellsville tomorrow. I guess we're recording this on Sunday. So 
on Monday they're they're uh, they're hosting Wellsville, whose records at nine and eleven. Um, Rossville eighteen and one. Um, kind of just the theme throughout the county and the city. There's a lot of eighteen and one teams, nineteen and one teams. It's just really really good baseball here. Rossville's just got a great team with uh, with Central Missouri signee Tori Horak, and they got a lot of guys that that could really swing it at Joe Campbell Stadium with a 235 foot right field. So <laughs> there's a lot of home runs at Joe Campbell, but um, I think that they'll probably make a pretty significant run in this, not just this bracket alone, but in the state tournament as well. And then Silver Lake. Um, they have a chance to have a re. Uh, they can reunite and and have a reunite and have a war on twenty four in the regional championship if that's uh, an option because that's just kind of the way things are set up. Um, there's eight teams instead of sixteen, so they get to kind of just play each other. So uh, Rossville and Silver Lake can meet down at the regional championship would be a. Fun war on 24, and I think that one would be on the 18th. So I can't think off the top of my head. I think that's a Thursday or a Friday. I'm not 100% sure. Um, But, yeah, a lot of of good baseball here, Billy. Um, I just class 6A, 5A, few teams in 4A, 3A. It's just just really good. And um, Topeka and Shawnee County will be making a lot of noise, I think. I think in this uh, in the tournaments this year, just kind of like what they did in basketball, I think it's going to be definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, no doubt. Like Topeka area, always you know they're always competing in everything. Because Topeka, Casey, big area, usually you get better athletes. I was going to add something to that Seaman Regional. That uh, other matchup is Hayes and and Mays. And you got Avery Johnson and Jaden Gustafson. Gustafson is a Wichita State commit. And then you got Dylan Dryling, who's going to Tennessee. I wouldn't be surprised if Mays wins that game and gets a chance at Seaman because they want revenge, especially probably Avery Johnson after what (laughs) Seaman did to the Mays Eagles in the semifinals at State in basketball. But... I think Mays is probably going to be a team to watch in that regional. Because it was especially with Gustafson and you got Avery Johnson who is gonna go play football somewhere big on Saturdays in twenty twenty three. And yeah, uh, his it's it's his last season of baseball. He's already done with basketball. All he's gotta do is football's on his mind after this one. And I know he probably wants to go to state one more time in another sport that is not football. <laughs> I think that Seaman did break a lot. They broke a lot of hearts starting basketball season at the end. They broke it, Capen's heart. That was the first game <laughs> at five A two. They broke. They broke everybody's heart. It seemed like no one was expecting Seaman to to win the whole thing, and they uh, they made a lot of people sad. <laughs> in that class 5A state tournament in basketball. I don't well, know. They're, they're 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 not as big of underdogs in baseball, you know, nope. sitting at that one seed at 18 and 2. They they're kind of the top dog in in foot or in baseball, but 
in basketball, they were just kind of, uh, they had nothing to lose. Nope. Nope. That was a fun team to watch uh, while I was in Emporia. But watch out for Mays. I think right. they could give Seaman something. But I, ha- I have a lot of respect for Trent Oliva. I've known him for a while. He He's on Craig Cox's staff at Seaman on the basketball uh, basketball court, uh, but Trent uh, replaced Bushnell, Steve Bushnell, who's now the AD at Seaman. Um, but um, I like to see Trent and company get to state, but they're gonna have to get if they get whoever they get in that title game. That's a scary draw, right? Yep, absolutely, but. That 5A bracket should be a lot of fun. And I think in even in the 6A bracket, um, I don't know, Dalton, I, I know you talked about it a little earlier with, with Garden City sitting at that, that number 10 seed, but um, I think if Washburn Rural were to meet up with Garden City, I think it'd actually be pretty interesting because Washburn Rural did, I mean, they lost some games earlier on in the year. But I know, Dalton, you mentioned how impressive Garden City was. So, I don't know. Could uh, could Garden City really make some noise in the uh, in the tournament? You know, I've thought about it. Um, you know, um, it's so hard to say because our guys, um, you know, Coach Reich has talked about this time and time again in um, interviews. You know, the kids could um, come out and they could play one of the worst games you could see and, you know, flip it around the next game and play absolutely stellar and, uh, make all these great plays. Um, you know, if they put their minds to it, I know they could, you know, really pull an upset like that. Um, the first challenge though is going to be Wichita Hayesville. Um, you know, but, you know, you'd like to hope and think that they can make it past that first game. And if they do, um, you know, Topeka Washburn, you know, they've got their stuff together this season. Um, but, you know, I think you look at Garden City's schedule. A lot of our uh, games were a lot of close games. Um, you know, we had a couple of them that were just really not up to our par. But, um, you know, the batting, they just got to go in there and they've got to swing. Um, you know, they've got to go in there with the mentality that they can hit the ball um, because, you know, once you get to that level and uh, you're going to see some of the best pitching you you will see all season long. So um, you've got to swing the bat. you got to be confident about going up to the bat because um, that's where our guys have, scr- have struggled all season long. And then also uh, defensively, they've got to really, um, you know, really pull things together and play tightly and cohesively with each other on the defensive end. Um, because, uh, you know, two, maybe more than two errors. And I don't think you're going to win a baseball game, uh, especially at that level. Maybe even if you commit an error at all, um, you know, you've got to play clean. You got to play smart. You got to communicate. Um, you know, they've got to play their hardest they could possibly play. So I think garden city is one of those, um, baseball wise. I think they're one of those, um, uh, I don't know, black horses of the competition, if that's the right word I'm going for. But um, they could really raise some eyes if they could really pull together two big games uh, come Tuesday afternoon. Another team I wanted to ask you about, Dalton, is Garden City Soccer. They're the fifth seed right now in the, in the fourth regional in 6A, 10-5. They're a lot better team than they were last year, too. Uh, kind of the bad thing is if, the, is if they win, they'll have to go to Topeka. For the, for the, like we were just talking about, 
the long travel, but they'll have to go to Topeka to play uh, for the regional championship. What have you uh, liked from the teams that you've covered in soccer and especially in Garden City? Yeah, you know, um, girls had their um, senior night the other night against Liberal. Tough game. Obviously, Liberal's got that girl. She's a double sport athlete. She's really good. Basketball is super good in soccer. Um, but our girls struck um, pretty early in the second half, and um, they went up and they won one nothing. So, um, you know, I think our girls are really good this season. Um, we've got a girl named Destiny. She's uh, pretty stellar. Um the thing I like the most about the girls watching them play, they spread the field super well. Um, their communication, their understanding on positioning is super um, detailed. They know where to be in the right time. Um, the passing, they are just good at passing the ball, finding open players, um, you know, making those opportunities. I don't know how many shots on goal there were in that game, but, um, you know, the girls are able to open up those opportunities to really strike and pounce at the right time. And, you know, in that game versus Liberal, which was a very good game, um, you know, I'd say 90% of the time the girls were on, um, you know, the offensive side rather than the defensive side. You know, they're pushing on um, Liberal, and the Liberal was kind of in defensive mode most of the game. So, um you know, like you said, looking at the bracket, I think the girls have a really good shot. Um, unfortunately, like you said, you know, got to play, you know, if they win and stuff like that. They're going to have to, uh, you know, play tougher teams. But um, that's how you that's how you win state championships. That's how you, you be competitive. You have to um, you have to shine when the um, I guess the odds are against you sometimes. So, um, you know, Garden City, the WAC champion, um, or they they share the WAC title with Hayes um, this year. Um, unfortunately, they lost um, over in Hayes. I think was Friday night. So, you know, um, like I said, kind of with softball, baseball, they got to put their minds to it. And I know they've got the talent in that squad. They've got good coaches. Um, to really make an impact in that. So um, we'll see. Um, hopefully they can, um, you know, really surge here in the right time. I know timing is always a big thing when it comes to sports. Um, when you kind of peak at the right time, if your team's, you know, um, got a chance. And I think our girls can really make a good run at it. So. And then back to you, Isaac, and, and the – the north, the northern part of the state always usually has really good teams. Bishop Miege, um, always good in girls soccer. They're 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 up there right now. Care Paravel is up there. Um, a team that's been talked about. Um, while I pull up the bracket, they've been talked about as one of the top teams in in four A. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, if they were, they kind of they have an opportunity that most. 1A through 4A schools kind of don't have, and they get to play higher, you know, they get to play Topeka High, they get to play Washburn Rural, they get to play Topeka, you know, Seaman, and they get to play all these higher-seeded schools, which definitely works to a benefit, you know, especially at this time time of year. You, I mean, I hate to go back to basketball again, but if we want to mention basketball, you look at another city school, Topeka Hayden, you know, they're 4A. They played nothing but 5 and 6A schools all year long. And they and made that's a actually, That's the school that I was talking about is uh, I'm not going to name the coach, but he told me that after a game, this is a coach from another team that a team that I cover played for. This is what he said. He thinks it'll be McPherson 
and Topeka Hayden in the four through one A girls soccer state championship. How about that? Um, yeah, I I could definitely see that. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> so Hayden so Hayden definitely has what it takes to win the title. I think that um, they have to have, go through Lewisburg, which is one thing. They have to go through Lewisburg, which is going to be a challenge as it is. But they, uh, yeah, that's that's a tough one. I, I think there's things that are really, I'm not trying to, trying to diss them at all, but there's things I really, really love about Hayden's team. And then there's some things where it just kind of arc a little bit, but I think that they definitely do. I think they have one of the best goalkeepers in the area and Macy Smith. I think Macy Smith, you know, she's extremely talented athlete, really good at basketball, you know, but, um, you know, sometimes they just struggle to score goals. But like I said, you know, when I was mentioning care Paravel a little bit ago, they, uh, they benefit from playing these extremely, you know, talented or, they're not more talented, but you know, playing bigger schools with a lot more, a lot more on your roster. So um, they could definitely. I mean, they're well equipped. They're uh, they're battle tested. Um, their attackers are really good. They have they have some really really good attackers. Um, and then I think they have an extremely good defender and and Lauren Sandstrom as well. But yeah, no, I I mean I. I guess I kind of talked myself into it. That's that's not a it's not a horrible horrible look on things. I think they can definitely make a run. Um, but yeah, Hayden's really good. Care Paravel's really good. Um, I mean, you look at five A. You have Topeka Seaman, who has really really got on a hot streak lately. Um, you know, they defeated an extremely good Shawnee Heights team who. Going into that game against Seaman, they only allowed two goals the entire season, and then, you know, they scored two goals against them that night alone. So Seaman's battle-tested, and they got a great coach in Tim Nussbaum. Um, their main attacker, Brooklyn Yingling, she's a phenomenal player, and I think most of you know who Taylor Stahlbomber is. She's a four-sport athlete, and... Um, yeah, Siemens definitely got a very, very athletic team. Um, so they, I, I could definitely see them being a dark horse for a state title contender. Um, Shawnee Heights, very good. And then 6A, you know, you have Topeka High, who's um, sitting there at the number four seed. I, I think their record is a little deceiving. I think that they are a very, very good team. Tay Thomas, they're... Um, their main forward, she had a hat trick the other night. They scored seven goals against um, Centennial League rival Emporia, but Topeka High is very good. Um, they have great defenders in Molly McGuire and Faith Shields um, that really, really gave teams a hard time this year. There's been most of the games that I've seen Topeka High this year. The other team doesn't get in Topeka High territory nothing but four times a game. So they are very dominant, and like I said, their record is kind of deceiving. But um, it should be Topeka High can make a run, but if they do make a run, and they have to see somebody down the road, and that somebody, another city team, Washburn Rural, who kind of smacked them around the other day, that that's going to be a tough one for them. But uh, Rural has the number one seed, 
um, they're sitting at 13-2-1. And, and, you know, they lost – I think they lost a game – oh, I can't think off the top of my head. I think it was a Blue Valley team. Um, but they lost to, I think, two Kansas City schools. If I, like I said, I, I don't have anything really pulled up. But um, they're, they're definitely – I think Washburn rules the team. Everybody's gonna gonna watch because they can they can get anybody to run for their money. And um, the city soccer has been very good. But like I said, Billy, I think you talked me into uh, <laughs> into Hayden making. A run. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but now I'm like, oh, you know what? Hayden kind of make a run here. So yeah, uh, no, and I mean they're ranked. Uh, they're up there in the four through one A standings. Uh, I'll kind of talk about my 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 teams here in the county in Rio County. Uh, Probably the best situation happened for Bueller because they were sitting right at the five or the six seed and they needed a TMP loss to move up. And that's exactly what happened. Otherwise, they would have played Wichita Trinity, who's easily one of the uh, one of those teams where their record is not it. That, that's not that's not who they actually are. Um, they play bigger schools. They play private schools and they're four and twelve but they can easily compete with a circle or or compete with a Mulvane. I think they lost 3-2 to Mulvane, uh, who's actually the leading scoring team in the entire state, um, and rightfully so. The one seed in in the West, uh, they'll they'll have the first round bye. They'll play either Nickerson or Rose Hill, uh, which Nickerson's had a better year than, uh, the, than the two seasons that Aaron Ho or Aaron Howe – Sorry for mispronouncing your name, Aaron, for listening to this. But out of the two seasons, this is the better season for Nickerson. Same, almost the same group of girls too, but they put in they put some more wins on this year. They got the eight C. They're in the postseason. They're actually hosting as well. So good for Nickerson soccer, uh, especially with the last two years that they uh, faced um, with Hadley Nelson and everything like that. If you don't know about that, go check that out on HutchNews.com and pretty good backstory about that. So. Um, right, good situation for Bueller and Nickerson. Uh, Hutch High also in the postseason. Uh, interesting deal for them. They'll end up playing the team that ended their season last year in the region final. They'll play them in the region semis this year. That's Wichita Northwest. Uh, I think that was either I think that was a one-zero loss last year after Hutch had won in overtime over Dodge City in the first round. So Hutch will have to go to Northwest. Uh, try to they've had an up and down year and I think every time I've seen Hutch this year they've had a different team uh, look on the field like you look at a team and they play a certain way that's kind of been like every it's been different every time I've seen Hutch this year they, they beat Bueller for the first time in a few years um, which I thought would have set the tone for the year but it's, it's been an uphill climb for a little bit for Hutch so it'll be interesting to see how they go into that game knowing that this is a team that ended them last year um, so three teams to look out for. Uh, we'll also have our soccer postseason postseason recognition coming up uh, in the coming weeks as well. So a lot of good individuals uh, to watch out for in the postseason as well. Uh, Dylan, I know Central, I think you said Salina Central. Uh, we actually had Salina Central play against Bueller and Hutch this year. But um, what's kind of your outlook real quick on your uh, – Saline County teams for soccer. Well, Central plays Arc City in a play-in game, which I think 
they'll win and they beat Arc City last Tuesday, six nothing in Arc City. So Arc City's gotta try to come up here and try to repay the favor to move on and the winner gets Eisenhower. That's no easy test test for either team, the number one seed in five A on the west side and then uh Salina South who is the 11th seed, they will travel to Bishop Carroll on Monday. Uh, South has bowed some injuries with uh, one of their top players in, uh, in Giselle Nash. Uh, she's their second leading scorer, but Anna Hisa Nash is their leading scorer. She's one set of, uh, of, uh, of twins uh, for South. Uh, I did a story on the Nashes uh, back in April. Uh, go to slide.com and try to find that. Um, but um, just been it's been a tough year for soccer here in in Saline County with both Central and South. Uh, the boys' season wasn't wasn't that good either. Neither team was was good, and and you know when I kind of entered the spring season. I wanted to see what South had to offer because they had a winning season last year and, you know, they lost uh, a lot of key pieces and they have a young core with the Nashes and and some other pieces that played uh, last year. Um, I, I mean, I think it's still going to be growing time for both Central and South. Central's going through a coaching change uh the boys coach is now the girls coach and uh it'll it'll just be interesting to see you know i i see central winning that play-in game on monday night and then and and having their season in that eisenhower and and i don't know maybe salina south can uh surprise some people but i know bishop carroll is a tradition rich program in in soccer both on the boys and girls side so i mean those are the only two soccer teams i had had left and it, it i mean it just hasn't been uh it's it's a difficult season for for the soccer teams here in saline county And finally, to wrap things up guys i'm gonna throw a little bit of a curveball you curveball at you guys so just to think on the think on the nose real quick, but starting with you, Dylan, what's kind of your plan for coverage this week? You know, just like we talked about Thursday will be kind of like, uh, your, the day where you work out and you know, you're going to, it's going to hurt, but, uh, what's, what's, what are y'all's plans for this week and where are y'all going to be at? So on Monday, I'm going to be at the two, a, uh, golf regional with sacred heart. Um, expecting them to win that, uh, as I mentioned earlier on, on the, on this podcast that Sacred Heart is the favorite. They're looking for their seventh straight state title in class two A and that's minus 2020 due, uh, with spring being called off due to COVID. Uh, but they're a good young team, a core team, uh, that just won the North Central Activities Association League led by Michael Matucci who won the league tournament. Uh, they got Walker Tuttle, who's a sophomore, Hunter Newell and Luke Newell, Newell and Nate Elmore. And they got they got a lot of key sophomores, Max Ehrlich, 
lot of lot of really good golfers that are contributing and uh, doing some good things. So that's where I I will be on Monday, Tuesday. I plan on going to Belleville for the semifinals and finals final of that two one a region with El Celine and then Sacred Hearts also in that. And then uh, on Friday, Wednesday, and Thursday are going to be a little bit quiet because I'm not going to go chase down either Slime South softball or Slime Central baseball down in Wichita. Uh, Slime South has May South in the 8-9 matchup, and probably if they win that, they get Bishop Carroll. It would be the second second year in a row that they would have to play Carroll to get a berth to state. Uh, and then Salina Central has has Bishop Carroll in the in baseball, so I'll just be paying attention to those uh, from afar. And then uh, Friday, I will be uh, in Emporia for the 5A track regional uh, where Salina South and Salina Central are going to be. So I uh, get to go home, and very fortunate enough that I am able to do that this week. And then... Uh, just from afar, I'll be following uh, whoever uh, qualifies for state and swimming. I know Salina is going to, the between Central and South, they have, um, I think they have two divers going. I don't know about the Central diver. I wonder, I don't know. I haven't heard any league results, but I know Zoe Burmaster of Salina Central, uh, she broke another school record. Also, um, oh, uh, the the Richardson girl, Allie Richardson from southeast of Celine. I did a story on her uh, about three weeks ago. She had like six auto times and a state consideration time. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what events she'll do at state. And she's a freshman and she's making some history at southeast of Celine, uh, being the only swimmer to compete for that school and swimming. And they don't even have a pool. So. Uh, again, you can check that out on Salina.com uh, from a couple weeks ago. But uh, that's that's all I'm looking at this week. And then we'll see how next week plays because uh, probably be at State Golf one day and then see how things pan out for softball and baseball. I'm aiming for one, hopefully just one team, but and then hopefully be at State Track both days uh, because I – I I'm I'm kind of confident I'm gonna have a lot of state champions from southeast of Celine and probably even a a team championship with with the southeast boys. So I just told you my plans for the next two weeks and uh, there you go and we'll just go from there. So I'll tell you what you might have some good you might have some good races from some El Celine kids too. I saw that at the Heart of America League meets. Um, yeah, competitors from there too. So I, I forgot to mention uh, Brogan Raleigh, the freshman. He broke a school record um, a couple weeks ago, and he cleared 6-10. I don't know if you had those results, but did he win the uh, high jump in the heart of America? He had to have. I'll tell you that. Yeah. He had to have. Yeah, they, they, uh, they, they've had some good name or they've had some good athletes, uh, uh, um, over at El Celine on track, uh, you know, I've, I've seen them once and I, I, I see results and I see some good things happening over there and, 
there there's 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 some solid track athletes around here and southeast is just the top of the core so i mean we got good athletes um all around so yeah we'll just we'll just see how it goes uh el Celine and sacred heart go to the regional at smith center and then um southeast of Celine regional is at phillipsburg uh on uh thursday and then um, this El Celine and Sacred Hearts regionals on Friday. So there's some re- track regionals on Thursday, and then there's some track regionals on Friday. And that's all. That's across all classifications. That's not just one. So basically, that's, that's what I have on tap. Yeah, for me, I, I think tomorrow it starts with the the Kingman Regional for softball. I'll be there to see Haven play Lions at three. Um, was going to race back to Haven for a track story feature, but I think I'm going to wait for later in the week for that. So I'm going to remain there. If Haven beats Lions, they'll take on the winner of the Cheney game before or the one that's after them. So that should be Cheney Haven in the semis later that evening. So I'll be there for that. Um, Tuesday looks like I'll be heading to the – the, the Halstead Regional, that's right, for to see hopefully our friendly little wager there between Southeast of Salina and Haven Baseball. Um, that, that, that'll be a really good one, two really good teams. Hopefully that'll make the region final and uh, one that'll end up going to the 3A state tournament. Um, kind of an interesting deal here, uh, Dylan. The last time Haven made it to state uh, was the same year they had a guy – uh, what that was on the team, he ended up going to play for the Detroit Tigers. So, kind of an interesting deal there, but that uh, is, yeah. So, then Wednesday, hopefully, is the day to take a breather. Thursday will be Hutch against Manhattan softball, and then immediately after, I'll probably stay around in the Wichita area, go to Bueller Augusta, which I'm anticipating the region final to be there. Augusta be Bueller. By a, by scoring a goal in the last five seconds of the game, so a lot of tension and remembrance of that for Bueller, especially when they're playing their best ball of the year. So that should be that's my anticipated uh, regional championship there. Friday we'll see. I think it'll be a track meet or something like that. So those are my quick plans. Dalton, we'll begin with you, and then Isaac. What are you, what are your guys' plans? Um. Pretty slow. Uh, start the week off. Uh, one of my broadcast partners does contracts and stuff. Contracting. Um, he's actually going to follow the baseball team because his son uh, plays with the team. So he's actually going to cover Tuesday up in uh, up in Topeka for that one. And then uh, Wednesday, I'm staying back here for regional softball um, for Garden City. And then uh, I think later on this week, we've got a soccer game uh, versus Junction City. So uh, not going to be covering that, but we'll be there to watch them and support them. So um, I think the biggest thing on my calendar this week is Wednesday. Um, I think that's the one everyone's watching for here in Garden. And, uh, yeah, super excited about it. So girls will start off with Junction City and – then they'll play the winner of the Wichita North and Wichita Northwest game, which I think, uh, not to sugarcoat it or anything, but I think Wichita Northwest will be the ultimate um, ultimate team to see in that final game. So, um, yeah, that will be fun. Looking for a 345 uh, maybe on the air by then. Um, first game starts at 2, and then our girls follow that. So, uh, But, yeah, Wednesday is going to be the big day for me, and then uh, – 
you know, hopefully the girls can punch their ticket to state if they can, then uh, get ready for that next uh, Thursday, Friday over in uh, Shawnee. So um, that's pretty much it for me, uh, other than uh, got racing this weekend um, at the local dirt track. So, um, <laughs> but uh, other than that, it's pretty, uh, all eyes are on Wednesday for me. And then for me, tomorrow I got uh, 3A Regional Golf here in Topeka. So we're going to go cover some golf tomorrow, which uh, I haven't I, I haven't neglected golf, but I just haven't been. It's been very, very busy with some other sports here. So I'm excited to, to hopefully get out there and go see some good golf tomorrow. And, you know, if it doesn't pour on Tuesday, if it doesn't, if the rain holds up and if Mother Nature holds off, uh, then I will be going to Wamigo and Hayden Baseball. So number three seed, Wamigo will be hosting Hayden on Tuesday. Like I said, I think Hayden, you know, with all that competition, I think that would be a very, very good game, potentially. Um, but I think what we were mentioning earlier with Seaman and Mays, that revenge game in from basketball, it's the same thing with Wamigo and Hayden baseball. Wamigo wants some revenge for for basketball season, so that could be interesting. Um, and then on Wednesday night, I should be doing Washburn Rural softball and versus campus, and then whoever's after that. Um, trying to think of what I got going on on Thursday. Oh, I think I'm doing. Uh, let's see, Thursday, what am I doing Thursday? Can't think off the top of my head exactly what I'm doing on Thursday. Um, but I know it's important and I know I'll cover it. And then, um, we'll kind of wait and see on Friday. I, I think I'll probably go cover swimming on Friday, uh, down here. Lenex is not too far, so I'll probably go cover some swimming on Friday and possibly Saturday as well. Uh, got got a couple swimmers I really want to keep an eye on, and that's four-time state title winner Cadence Jeffries from Topeka West, and Class Six A's number one ranked diver Brianna Delvin, who uh, she scored 461.95 points at the Centennial or at the Centennial League meet um, last week. So I'm expecting her, and then like I said, four-time state title winner Cadence Jeffries, who absolutely shattered her times on. The 200-yard freestyle and the 500-yard freestyle last week to have big days. I'm expecting Cadence to definitely win another uh, another couple state titles, but I could see uh, Brianna winning one herself this year as a junior. I should have a feature coming out uh, about actually those two swimmers uh, coming out on Tuesday, TopSports.News. So that should be good. But that's kind of uh, kind of my plans for the week. But I'm really excited to to get to it and then you know, states coming up the week after, but, uh, us media guys really got to brace ourselves. It's going to be a chaotic couple weeks. So I, uh, I'm glad I have some good friends here on this, on this, on this chat. So we can, uh, <laughs> we can, we're all into this together. <laughs> and I know Dalton, I know, uh, Southwind, uh, broadcasting, you know, with Adam Kadavy, and I know, uh, they've done some, good track coverage uh, at state uh, in the previous year. So we could probably be running into each other uh, uh, in a couple weeks at state track, unless uh, you are in Shawnee covering uh, softball. 
that's the plan. Um, nothing against Gadevi. Actually, we were talking the other day and um, correct you on something. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed earlier, but we're no longer Southwind Broadcasting. We officially got our name changed, got out of some uh, bad um, ownership stuff from previous past been dealing with it the past two years so um we're now uh western we're back to western kansas broadcasting center but yeah um adam does a great job when he goes over to wichita to cover the state track meet i mean um you know that's something that our company is really well known for especially when sean was out there doing it as well um you know, if our girls, uh, you know, knock on one, hope it doesn't happen. But um, if our girls were not to make it, then, yeah, um, I'll definitely be at the state track meet. Um, we've got a couple of kids from Garden City that are um, really, really fast. Um, got some good throwers as well. Uh, Kristen Roth, um, tremendous multi-sport athlete. Um, she is one of our quickest girls, um, breaking school records left and right. Um Jerry Ortega, another one I can think of, very fast on the boys' side of things. Our girls, uh, you know, not the year that they were looking for in the WAC. Um, they finished last in the conference, but still saw some really good individual things. Um, boys, they're just a couple points shy um, on the WAC this year. Um, they finished second to Hayes, so, um, you know, close matchups and stuff like that. But, um, you know, and then, of, of course, we got the Beast, the Garden City Community College Commit, and football, uh, Terrell Elliott, um, you know, shot put. He is just, um, you know, one of the most talented, um, you know, kids I've ever seen um, come up through that high school, and it's going to be really exciting to see what he does get into the college level. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited about the state track meet. I, it's always fun. It's long. It's uh, usually weather um, doesn't like to cooperate sometimes. Um, it seems like every time I've been to Cessna Stadium, it seems, uh, um, you know, there's always lightning delays or something like that. So um, we'll see this year, though. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to um, our station's coverage on that. So it's always a big hit, and we get a lot of good sponsorships through it. So um, should be pretty good for our end. Yeah, and with that, we'll close out the podcast. I appreciate you, Dalton and Isaac, for joining us today. Hopefully we'll get Seth back next week. So if we do uh, go out and podcast again, we'll talk about, you know, since next week will be state everything. So the mother load will be pretty much packed um, when we convene next time. So. Again, thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for listening. Uh, go ahead and follow our friends on Twitter, Dalton, uh, Janicek, and Isaac Deer on Twitter, D- Dylan Sherwood, and myself, Billy Watson. Go follow us. We do the best we can to cover these athletes. You know, with, like we just said, everything's going to be on one day, so we're going to spread out our eyes, have multiple tabs pulled up, and, yeah, we're going to enjoy the next couple, two weeks while we can because after that, it's just it's just a long, quiet race to football season, which is crazy because football season is what three months away now. Three, yeah, end of end of August, three months away. So that'll be pretty yeah, quick. Well, what was that? <laughs> oh yeah, I kind of I kind of spoke up because I was just gonna say can't come quick enough. Yeah, well, no, you're, no kidding. <laughs> No kidding. I don't know if we. I'm, I'm kind of ready for the for the 90s. Honestly, I'm, I was sick and tired of the 40s for a while, so I'm I'm ready for vacation and everything. So, okay, again, I thank agree. You. Yep, I know you hate the cold, Dylan. <laughs> I do. Yeah, and I've exactly. lived in Kansas my whole life. That is very true. You know, you're always going to Emporia anyway, trying to get away. We all know your scheme. 
Not every time. No comment, right? <laughs> Need to go home a little bit. Yeah, always good to be home, though. But that'll close out the podcast. Again, tune in to our next episode next week where we talk about state everything. Bill and Sherwood, Dalton Janicek, and Isaac Deer, and myself, Billy Watson. Thank you for listening to us. And we'll see you again.